so excited to be here. I mean, this is, this is a lot of my friends. Not a, I don't know everyone, but most of you I do. You're in my heart. Um, I'm just so excited to be here because everything I heard this morning was just like everything God has been talking to me about. So it's like right in line. Uh, I don't feel like anything I'm going to say is going to be a shock, but I think it will encourage you. Um, I am kind of that kind of encouraging person that likes to lift people up and likes to um, encourage um, them and what the Lord is saying. And over this time period of a lot of isolation, a lot of being at home, and a lot of seeing, a lot of shaking going on, um, God's been talking to me. And I'm sure he's talking to you too, but I get to talk today. <laughs> I get to talk. But, uh, but the shaking um, is something he's really been talking to me a lot about because um, uh, I have a lot of people that I know that um, they don't like what they're seeing. And it, and it does, as the body of Christ, it does concern us. I mean, we can't look out and see all the things that are going on and not be concerned. But... I really do feel that the Lord is shaking it so we can wake up, church, right? So we can wake up and we can say, uh, I didn't know that was going on, and I can pray now. I know it's going on. I can pray, right? Uh, and that is the purpose that all this shaking is happening, not for us to walk around going, oh, no. That's not, that's not our place, right? We're not to walk in fear. Amen. We know we don't have a spirit of fear, but we have a spirit of love and power and sound mind or self-control, right? Yes. So if we have those things, then we're um, taking captive all those thoughts that are coming at us every day from the media and from all the mountains that are out there, right? All the seven mountains of influence that just come at us daily. Amen. And uh, the Lord's really shaking stuff out of a, a, you know, a lot of them, almost all of them at the same time. And it's intense to watch the Lord do that. But we have a God of justice, right? And unfortunately, we don't have to, we don't have to do that. Our job is to love. Our job is to see what he's doing and pray into those places um, that he's shaking around, right? Yes. And um, so um, I just wanted to mention some things um, that the Lord has been talking to me about. This is a month of awe, a time to hear. The lines in the field, the womb is rumbling. We're pregnant, right? And the secret pregnancy that we are holding is moving into the earth, right? And the womb is the contractions. We're feeling the contractions even in the earth. And God is certainly shaking things up and loose, right? And I just had a couple questions. I'm like, should we be concerned about the shaking? Why is it taking so long for change? Why is this isolation from this virus thing lasting so long? Then there's protest, and then there's rioting, and then what is God accomplishing in the waiting in us, the ecclesia, right? Yeah, what will God do next? Haha. Yeah, <laughs> so um, 
We've got that up there. I don't know if some of you read about ecclesia, what it means, but I, I found that the Lord really asked me to like study that. And when I found that, and look at the picture. I mean, it's an eagle grabbing a fox. <laughs> a fox is sly. We're the eagle. Okay, we're the eagle. We're flying high above all this slime that's happened on the earth. We're up above it because that's where God put us. And um, the church, uh, the word ecclesia actually is a word that is a New Testament word, and it comes from the Greek. And there's, I just thought it was really cool that the first part of ecclesia means to out. It means out, and the second part means calling. So calling out. God is calling out his ecclesia right now to declare and to decree what he is saying. Not what the devil's saying. But what he's saying, what's coming out of his mouth. So like, I heard so many people this morning talk about this. This is a time to hear what God is saying, right? <laughs> what is he saying to us? We are to spend time with him in this time where the lion is in the field, right? This is a time the lion is in the field. And that means that we can go to him and we can ask him, what is this about? What is my part? What am I supposed to be doing? You know, why is this taking so long? And um, I think that um, it was interesting also to me that this ecclesia was actually a um, governmental assembly and not a religious one. That's right. That's exactly right. Because, guess what? The assembly would call, the legislative assembly would call on the ecclesia to come in and storm the heavens for a breakthrough. That's, right. that's why it was called, call, that's why it means calling out. Because we're calling out to the heavens to bring down transformation, the kingdom of God, the advancement of the kingdom in the earth. That's what we're doing. We're calling it down, we're calling it out. So that's what God has been talking to me about doing, that he wants me calling out and decreeing what he's speaking, not what the devil's speaking, because the devil's a liar. The devil's a liar, and whatever he says, we know is not true. Um, but what the Lord's speaking is truth. And um, he's also been talking to me um, a lot about different ways to pray like um i don't know if you guys are familiar i know you are actually because she told me Stephanie told me that you were doing firewall usa okay so yes with patricia king okay we also have people like dutch sheets that have um been putting out the word i mean we've heard prophetic things from him uh we've heard things from patricia um you know, I have, I think Joel, is that up there? Joel 215 through 32, no one is excused from the assembly. Come out of your closet. Everyone come and pray, pray together. Then I will pour out my spirit. Okay, he's calling everybody at this time to come out of your closet. He doesn't want you to sit in your closet. He wants you to come out and decree. He wants you to come together and work together to overcome what is going on right now. He wants us repenting, okay, because 
we have to stand in the gap sometime for people that can't do it, but there's a lot of hatred out there we're seeing right now. We're, there's a lot of people that are offended about every little thing. There's a lot of bitterness. I mean, we're seeing this fear in people. I mean, I have my sister. <laughs> she, she walks in so much fear. Um, we have to stand in the gap for those people. Because we know the truth. The truth is we don't walk in fear. And we will not be intimidated by what we see out in this world. But we will see the true thing that God is doing. And what is God really doing? If we are listening to Patricia King and we are listening to Duck Sheets, we know that he's getting ready to move. He's getting ready to bring in a harvest. He's getting ready to make like a third awakening that will last. And that's why it takes so long sometimes. Because guess what? He's got a lot to get ready. He's got a lot of shaking to do. He's not going to come and, and you know, uh, douse us with his love and all that when we got all this hidden corruption going on down here that we don't even know about. It's got to come out. It's got to come out. We got to deal with it. So, church, we got work to do. If we want this awakening to come, we got to be praying. We got to be standing in the gap. We got to be coming, and, and God has given us everything we need to do that. So we just got to take our eyes off of the world and fix them on Him. Did I hear that all day today? I mean, come on. That's what you've been saying all day. Fix your eyes on Him. Fix your eyes. And it says, um, well, before I go to that, it says, uh, the Lord is saying, time to get ready for the harvest. Fix your eyes on Jesus, not the devil. I decree that we will not believe the bad report, but we'll cross over to our promised land and bring in the harvest. We have a job to do. We need to cross over. Okay? The devil likes to distract. He wants you distracted with all this stuff. But what we really need to do is go, Jesus. And that's all. <laughs> this stuff is null and void. <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not the important thing. I mean, it, it needs to be shaken, and we need to see it. I mean, the Lord told me to look at it. He told me. You, be, you need to look. You need to look. Um, this, the, um, Amos 3, 7 says, Surely the Lord does nothing without revealing his secret plan of judgment to come to his servants, the prophets. The lion has roared. Who will not fear? The Lord God has spoken. Who will not prophesy? Isaiah 61.4 They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated for generations. That's what we're doing, church. We are rebuilding. Rebuilding. And Psalms 37 Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Neither be envious against those who work unrighteousness. That which is not righteous or in good standing with God. For they shall soon be cut down like grass and wither as green herb. I mean, we have a promise in the Lord. We don't have to worry about all the, all the things that are happening in the world because we have a Lord, we have a, a God that is, is, he's our ultimate judge. And he takes care of what the, what the evildoers are doing while we stand in the gap and pray for their salvation and pray for them to be filled yeah, with the light instead of the darkness, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. 
Just like Stephanie said, bring in the light. Psalms 126, when the Lord brought down the captives who returned to Zion, we were like those who dream. It seems so unreal. Then were our mouths filled with laughter and our tongues with singing. But then among the nations, the Lord has done great things. Turn to freedom from our captivity and restore our fortunes. O Lord, as a stream in the south are restored by the torrents, those who saw in tears shall reap in joy and sing. That is a promise from the Lord. He's going to turn this tide. He's going to turn it. We got to be ready, though. We got to be. We got to use this time wisely. We've got to be ready. Okay. So we can't live in fear. We can't do that. Isaiah 33:6, and He will be the security and stability of our, your times, a treasure of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is your treasure. So when we come back to really fearing our Lord and knowing that he is the stability, he is the confidence, he is the movement that's under us, that enemy will flee because we will be a mighty, mighty army. To, you know, no one will be able to deal with him, uh, with the army that we're going to become. Yeah, that's right. Because uh, the fear of the Lord gives that to us. It gives that, I mean, the Lord goes before us. He comes behind us. When we have fear of the Lord, he takes care of us completely. Timothy 1.7 says, God did not give us a spirit of fear. I've said that already, so I'm not even going to go over it. We know that we don't. We don't have to stand in fear. The second thing he said to me is he said, um, he's calling us to guard our hearts and our minds from what's going on out there. Um, uh, stand guard over your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. Put on the full armor of God. Um, Luke 20, 21, 34. But be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down or depressed with giddiness of debauchery and the, the nausea of self-indulgence and the world worries of life. And then that day when the Messiah does return will, will not come on you suddenly like a trap. So that means we are ready church. <laughs> We're not sitting around waiting for this to happen. We are getting ready so that we can be elevated. We can be, we can burst something. We can burst something that's going to make a huge difference when the Lord says go. Right? Second Corinthians 10.5 says casting down arguments and taking every thought captive captive that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Capturing all those thoughts of fear. Anything that's coming at you that's not aligning with the Lord's words over you, of who you are and what you um, were destined to do. Okay? Um, I want to share with you a word that the, the Lord gave me regarding judgment. Um, it was a, a rhema word. And a rhema word is basically something the Lord gives you in prayer. Um, and he gives you and kind of highlights in your spirit. Sometimes it's somebody else talking and he just like says that's for you. Um, in this case, that's what it was. Someone said these words and the Lord says that's for you. And the reason why is because earlier this year, I had about a month that I couldn't go up into my secret place with the Lord. 
It was so difficult because the Lord started telling me, I want you to look at all this stuff happening in all these mountains. And I'm like, Lord, I don't want to look at that. It's, it's, it's ugly. He said, well, you can't fix something you don't know is broke. You've got to see it. You've got to see it. But I said, it hurts my heart. He says, you've got to guard your heart. You've got to guard your heart. I'm like, I, okay, I'll do the best I can. But, I, you know, when you can't go up to the secret place and have God pour his love out on you and feel like, whew, I can do this. I mean, I was tormented for a month. And the Lord showed me, this is what other people that don't have me feel like. And it was not pretty. And he did that because he wanted me to know how important it was for me to pray for them. He wanted me to have compassion for those people that are in torment because they don't know him. That's how much our God loves them. Regardless of what they're doing, he still loves them. The word he gave me to, to follow up on was um, God, uh, Grace Trump's judgment. And if you don't believe me, come up here and I'll show you. I was like, gladly. I'm about ready to go to my secret place. I haven't been there in a month. Come on. I'm going. And that day I did. I got into my secret place again with the Lord. And uh, he just started oozing his love out on me. It was so beautiful. I was like, oh, I've been waiting so long to be cleansed of all this ugliness and, and told, you know, you're righteous, you're, you're loved, you're, you're my child, you're my daughter. And after he was done with me, he said, watch this. And he started pouring love over all the people in corruption, all the people in government, all the people in the media, all those people that have been just to our America. Right? And I went, really, Lord? You love them, too? Yes, I do. I love them. And I'm the only one that gets to judge them. You don't. And I didn't even realize I was judging them. But I was. I was judging them. And that's why I was in such torment. You know, judgment is not our place. It is God's place. So when we give him that place and we go back to love, then everything that's happening in this plane doesn't affect us like it, it does if we are walking around in judgment. Because the word says if you don't want to be judged, you better not judge other people. Right? So if you don't want to get judgment, you better not judge other people because you don't know what they've been through. You don't know what... You don't know. <laughs> You know, and the Lord gave me, you know, reminded me of Ephesians 6, 12, which is also very close to my heart. I mean, for our struggle is not with flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural places. That's where our fight is. Yeah. It's in the supernatural Amen. with the Lord. And it's not, it's not on this plane. In this plane, our job is to love, even though, you know, um, maybe they're walking in sin. Our job is to love. And it's not always easy to do that, but that's why we have communion with God. <laughs> that's why we have communion with him. That's why we spend time with him, 
because we need that um, supernatural ability to love um, and to let mercy trump judgment because every time it trumps, mercy trumps judgment, every time it's victorious. Mercy is victorious over, that's what the word says, over judgment. The last thing he gave me was this word for this time, which was the word turnkey. And the definition for turnkey is it refers to something that's ready for immediate use. Uh, generally used in the sale of product or service that is ready to, for immediately to use. Completely ready for occupancy or operation. Charge of prison keys can open prison doors. Now I got excited when I heard that one. That means we're turnkey. We're the turnkey. We're going to set people free. And we got to be ready for that service and that operation. We got to be ready for that if we're going to do it. If we're going to be able to do it and do it the way that needs to be done to set the captives free, we have got to spend time with him. That's the only way we're ready. The only way. So, um, and, and also the Lord said, I'm turnkey. If I'm in you, That's right. That's right. then I'm turnkey. That's, right. That's how you're going to do it, because I'm in you. That's right? right? So good. Um, okay, so... Um, I'm going to move into um, the teaching today. I'm going to be teaching today on inner healing. I just wanted to give you those words of encouragement the Lord gave me because I thought they were really, really wonderful, encouraging words. And um, so I, I just want to ask you all a question. <laughs> I asked Stephanie earlier and she couldn't answer. I said, do you know that I went the first time when I met you? And she didn't remember. Um, she started guessing some things, but some of you might know, but I don't think you do. But um, the first time I met her was on National Day of Prayer at the Capitol in Lansing. Um, and from there, God put it on her heart to invite me to Israel with her and the women's of, women of glory. And um, the reason I mention that is because um, when God is in and moving in your life, he makes sure that you're walking in the destiny that he has for you. And he will do what it takes to get you in the right places at the right time. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay? Amen. So that's one reason why we need to really seek him, because we want to make sure we're on that narrow path yes. that is leading to our destiny, right? Amen. One of the reasons I talked a lot about, um, you know, Chuck Pierce at the beginning and stuff is because of this awesome book, A Time to Advance, and this is a great book to have because it's gonna make sure that you do make it into your destiny. You know, if you're aligning with the Hebrew calendar, that is the original um, alignment that God gave to the Israelites. We need to be knowing what the months of the year mean. We need to know what the years mean. We need to know what God's doing and when he's doing it and align with it. And that's how we're going to get to our destinies that we have for our lives without the enemy interfering. Because we're aligning with what God has set up for us in the festivals, in the months, all those things. 
he guaranteed us a way to get where we need to go, to do the things we need to do. And I bring that up because that was the step, an apostle Stephanie asking me to come to Israel with her that brought me into a whole new spear of walking with God. I mean, it, it was incredible. It was an incredible um, transformation for me personally. Um, but I, this testimony I'm about to give you is not my testimony. I give this testimony. This is God's testimony. Because I would not have been able to do the things I did if it wasn't for him. And that's, that's his testimony. And I'm up here today to speak what God did. Not what I did, what God did in my life. And when he brought me to Israel, <laughs> I'm telling you, it brought me into a whole new era of um, just knowing who I am. I, I, like, you know, um, Holly was saying, your identity of who you are in God. And, you know, I really firmly believe, though, that if you're going to know who you are, you've got to know him first. Right. If you don't know him, you're not going to find out your identity. So the, the most important thing is to know him. Once you know him, then the rest just kind of comes, doesn't it? I mean, it does. A God just starts working it out. Um, so I'm just speaking to you today out of my intimacy and experience with the Holy Spirit. Um, it, is, it is a very loving place with the Lord that he continues to build me up. He is so greatly treasured in my heart. I've been in valleys. I've been beyond a shadow of uh, beyond beyond a shadow of a doubt. Uh, my doubt that I survived only because of Him. I faced many battles during my lifetime, before and after Christ, that include overcoming death and destruction, losing my home, being homeless. Years of feeling ashamed and worthless and overcoming many years of abuse in childhood through my adult years. And my inner man was a disaster most of my life until Christ. When I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Lord gave me a very large measure of the Holy Spirit. I'm so thankful for that. Over a 30-year period up to date, he continued to heal my soul. In doing that, he taught me so much. He has changed me from my brokenness and my abandonedness to wholeness and freedom and a life abundant, and I mean abundantly, in Christ. If you don't believe me, ask some of my friends. I mean, I get blessed and blessed and blessed and blessed. It is just amazing. Um, and I, I speak from this very loving, personal place of experience and I want you to know that because sometimes it's a supernatural thing and it's hard to get across to people because it's so supernatural and it's not the normal experience that people have um, but when you go through really deep deep troubles and issues and all you got left is him it's actually a blessing because then like the Lord told me good now I can do something <laughs> now, maybe you'll listen to me. Because <laughs> he wants your whole heart. He wants your whole soul healed and full of his power. The more healed you are, the more room there's for him. And then you become a mighty weapon in his hand. <laughs> and he'll wield you against the enemy like you never would have ever imagined. 
He sent me today to tell you he wants nothing less today than for you to experience the more of his love and healing. He wants you to know that nothing, I mean nothing, will hold you from the destiny that you have in him. Nothing. So, inner healing. So, there's a scripture probably up there. He heals us in the time of waiting. That's why this is so important. We're waiting right now. Okay? We're waiting. So this is a healing time, church. This is a healing time. Okay? And I'm going to show you how to do it. Okay? I'm going to show you just from my experience. I, I know sometimes it can be a little different. Everybody's different when they commune with the Holy Spirit. But I'm just going to show you what he did for me. Um... Because we got to be ready to run this race. It's coming fast. Yeah, yeah. we got to be whole. And the Lord needs everybody. Right. He needs the whole church awake and ready. He needs the harvest coming. He needs the whole ecclesia. Praying and interceding to bring heaven to earth even more and more every day. 3 John 1 says, Beloved, I pray that in every way you are successful and prosper and be in good health physically just as I know your soul keeps well and prospers. If you are to prosper in health, which we all want to, right? Yeah. Then that means that our soul also needs to be healthy. Yeah. Okay? We need to have both, right? We, we can't really function in the church without our health, and we can't function in our church without a healed soul. Okay? Psalms 37, 37 in the message says, keep your eye on the healthy soul. Scrutinize the straight life. There's a future in strenuous wholeness. Okay? Stre I, I emphasize strenuous because it is a work. I mean, you got to work at it. Yeah, that's right. Okay? Because when we're reborn, we, we come to Christ, we're reborn, we got a new spirit, but we do not have automatically a new soul. That's right. Okay, so we have got to strenuously work on that with the Lord. That's right. Yeah. Because otherwise it interferes with every single thing we do in our life. And that means anything from relationships to, you know, um, our daily just life, our children, you know, our work in the church. I mean, all of it. We have got to um, strenuously work on our soul. Okay, and Jesus provided for that healing on the cross when he rose from the dead. He did. Just like the blood covers us, we also have the resurrection power of Christ Jesus that lives in us because the Holy Spirit lives in here, right? Amen. So um, that means we have the power to heal our soul with the help of the Holy Spirit. And it takes some work, but it's worth it. It is so worth it. Look at me. I can tell you I was a mess. I couldn't even communicate with people. I was afraid. I, couldn't, I was afraid. I couldn't stand up here right now. If I was not healed, I could not stand up here right now. I was hiding. Church, I was hiding because I was so broken. Okay? But we don't have to stay there. We don't have to stay there. Um... So we're made up of three parts. God is so good. 
three parts, like Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Okay, so we're made in his image. We know that, right? Body, soul, and spirit. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And our soul also consists of three parts. It's our mind, it's our will, and it's our emotions. Those are our three parts of our soul that get wounded. Okay? And they need the healing of the Holy Spirit. It's supernatural. Okay? All right, so there's a few things that's going to wound your soul. I just kind of talked about them. One is sin okay, in your life. We all had sin in our life, unfortunately, such as anger. These are just examples uh, unforgiveness, adultery, or sin committed against us, such as abuse or assault. Okay, so sin you commit or sin somebody commits against you. Trauma. Do we all have trauma in our life? Okay, yes, we do such as death, accidents, loss of home, divorce, bankruptcy, severe sickness of a loved one, abuse. Um, often this trauma or sin occurs in our youth. I'm not saying it always does. I mean, it still happens. We still have people that die. We still have accidents. We still have trauma. We still, once in a while, sin, right? Right? <laughs> we, we fall off sometimes. I mean, we're just human. That's why we have mercy, right? Um, but... Um, it often occurs in our youth, and the reason why, why it, um, it, it's a little bit more severe in our youth is because this is a time when we're innocent. We're not full of the Holy Spirit. We're not um, mature, okay? And the enemy, he rolls around to kill, steal, and destroy, correct? So when we're young, we're live bait, okay? I mean, that's a blunt way to put it, but, I mean, he's going to come after your youth especially if he has any indication that you might be doing something for the kingdom of God. He's going to come after your fears. Have you ever heard someone say, boy, you must have a plan. God must have a plan for your life because, wow, the enemy is just like, whew, in your life. That's the indication right there. It's truth. It's truth. The enemy roams around to kill, steal, and destroy. And, um, you know, that that the soul will be continually wounded even as our everyday life because we, like I said, we have sin and we have trauma still going on in our life. So here I have listed some of the areas of trauma that might cause you, your soul to be wound, wounded. When I list this list or I go through it, I don't know, did you? Yeah, okay. I just want you to be thinking, um, have I experienced any of these things in my life? in which maybe some soul issues may have developed some wounding, okay? So just look at it, we'll read through it. Um, some of the things that might have happened to you is like, you may have gone through a divorce, uh, you may have had abuse, you may have had negativity, arguments, fighting in your household, maybe when you're growing up. Um, maybe your parents got a divorce when you were a child and it, it severely impacted you. Um, your finances are a huge hit to your soul. Um, maybe you went through bankruptcy. Maybe you had, maybe you have a, a poverty mindset because of how you were raised as a child. Like you always were lacking. You never had enough. Um, health issues of um, every kind, such as you know any kind of sickness, disease, um, is is can indicate a soul wound. Um, habitual sins, um, habitual meaning, <laughs> even after I pray, I still do it. I can't stop. 
addictions are an example, um, sexual sin, anger, frustration, anxiety, um, and then accidents of any kind, such as like you were in a really bad accident, car accident, or you know, really any kind of accident can cause a trauma and can wound your soul. So that means it can wound your mind, your will, and your emotions. It can do all three at one time. So there's a lot to deal with. And that's why I said strenuous work. It's a lot of work to do. Okay, so what I would do, and this is what the Lord told me to do, is start listing some things. Start listing down some things that have happened to me. Okay? Um, so these are some things that will happen because of that wound, okay? Um, you might be, you will have problems forgiving people or letting go of offenses and bitterness. Even after praying, okay? So maybe you might say to another person, well, this person, you just don't know what they did to me, okay? That is an indication that you might have a soul wound, okay? Um, you might not be able to make good godly decisions, and the decisions you make really fall flat. Um, you uh, have a problem hearing the word of God and, and getting something from it, you know, hearing God in the word of God. Um, you have negative, uncontrollable emotions, such as anger and fear and anxiety. Um, you're, uh, you have an inability to have self-control, and that could be in any area of your life. Because the word says we have self-control. So if you can't do something, it's not because of your family's always done that. It's because you have a wound. If you can't control your, your thinking, get a wound. Your inability to, to connect to one or more of the Godhead's Father, Son, or Holy Spirit. I, I meet a lot of people in ministry that, that have a hard time with Holy Spirit. Um, sexual sins such as adultery can be a problem with a soul wound even after you know, praying and you just, it's just habitual. Uh, um, addictions, um, sickness, disease, and continual health problems even after prayer can indicate there's a soul wound. So if you get prayer, then you get prayer, and you get prayer, and you're still sick. Could be there's a soul issue. So Romans 7.20 says, Now if you do what I do not desire to do, it is no longer I doing it, it is not myself that acts, but sin which dwells within me, fixed in operating in my soul. So it's fixed in there because a lot of times it's been there from the time you were little. If you had some trauma happen to you when you were little, yeah. that's when the enemy likes to come in. That's right. yeah. And so um, just pay attention to that, okay? But the good news is that repenting and asking forgiveness in the blood cleanses of, of, of us of that sin, and it breaks any penalty for the sin. But the cross, it's going to heal our soul through his resurrection. Christ died and rose again. And that power that raised him from the dead lives in each of us because he lives in us. And your soul is healed and brought back to life through the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, through the healing of the Holy Spirit. 
Heal my soul, O Lord, for I have sinned. That was David saying that. His, the beloved David even sinned and had to have a soul, his soul um, healed from wounds. Um, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. That's uh, Philippians 3.10. So that talks about wanting to know that power of the resurrection that lives in us. Because it's a healing power. Yeah. It's a healing power. Healing, um, soul healing is a supernatural healing that happens when we pray. And this is a mighty power, which another word for is called dunamis power. And that heals infirmities in our body and is the same power that heals your soul. Dunamis is a Greek word, which according to the Strong's means power to perform miracles and excellent of soul. So it heals you of infirmities, but it also heals your soul. It is the cross of Jesus plus the resurrection of put together in Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit to heal us physically and in our soul. I'm going to use a part of Zozo, and this is the book Zozo. If any of you ever want to read this, um, it's available on Amazon. You can get it. Um, some churches teach it. Um, I know Mount Hope does, and I know you were saying that there's another church here in Lansing that you're taking training from. So, um, But I'm only using in this teaching today the part the Holy Spirit has indicated to me is part of the zozo that helps you to heal your soul. And that's the Father's Ladder. And the reason why um, I brought it up is I, Stephanie asked me to, and also I just felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, yep, because I do use it a lot in ministry. Um, uh, and I have been trained as Zozo. I actually started with Zozo, but that's not what God's plan was for me, so I moved out of it. But, but I do have that. And um, I'm going to show the Father's Ladder because Holy Spirit has highlighted it. So that's the main reason. And it's up here, the Father's Ladder. And you can see there's three categories up there. There's the Godhead, Father, Son, or Father God, Jesus, Holy Spirit. The person and the family, Father siblings and friends, and mother. Now, the person part is the part of you that is affected by that relationship, the role of that person. So, for instance, your father is helping you with your identity, uh, with your protection and your provision. Your, um, your siblings and your friends and Jesus is the companionship and the communication in your family. And then the Holy Spirit is, like, um, and your mother, is the one that's similar to, it provides for you comfort, nurture, and instruction, teaching, which is a huge one. I, for me, anyway, when I first came to Christ, the Holy Spirit was a huge instructor for me and teacher. Um, so the reason I bring... The ladder up again is traumas, abuse, neglect, and sin from family members can cause wounds in your soul that need healing. Often they develop a block to the Godhead aligned with that family member that neglected their role, and many times it happens in childhood. Yeah. Um, one of the things I just wanted to, to bring up is um, in the Jesus area, a lot of times what you're, you might experience is you might have some bullying and abuse going on from your siblings or your friends. And that's just something I wanted to, to let you know can cause some soul wounds. 
Um, but because it happens to your childhood, that's why a lot of times it stays hidden from you until you start really seeking God and he starts saying, you know, you keep at, you start asking questions, well, why can't I do this or why am I doing this? And it's because you have some wounds that need to be addressed. Um, so keys in unlocking and healing our soul wounds is um, looking for repetition um, examples and anger or um, having to repent and forgive the same person over and over. Um, health issues, kind of already talked about that. So I just kind of want to focus a little bit on mother issues. Um, it, it's a significant black to the Holy Spirit, and it's easily recognizable if you're ministering. Um, examples of things to look for include um, they might have no power in the Holy Spirit. They just they don't have that ability to heal. Heal. They don't have you know the they don't have their prayer language. Um, they don't take instruction well. They, they can't hear from the Holy Spirit to get instruction, to get, you know, that teaching um, that we need, that nurturing, too, um, that we need. Um, you um, might have a, um, a lack of revelation, like, especially when, like, when you're reading the Bible. Um, so what I hear a lot in ministry is I hear people tell me they have a really hard time just being in the Holy Spirit, you know, feeling the presence of the Holy Spirit. The presence is one, too, that if you don't have the presence or you don't feel or you don't, you don't, not that you have to feel everything, but you should have a sense of the Holy Spirit's presence because it is power. <laughs> it is a weapon. It is a weapon. And um, so if you don't have that or you have, like, just not, like, what you feel like you should, then there might be some issues that need to be that need to be um, healed. Um, another area that happens with neglect um, is that sometimes the person will start to believe lies about the Godhead or even about themselves, like our identity gets messed up. Um, so John 8, 4, 4 says, you, um, you are the, your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So when we're believing lies, we're believing the devil. And when I minister to people, and I'll, I sometimes will hear them say something I know is a lie because it doesn't align with the Bible, yeah. um, but they can't hear it. Um, then that's when I immediately go to the Holy Spirit and ask them, ask the Holy Spirit to heal their soul. Because that, so that that healing can take place in order, supernaturally, so in order for them to be able to hear the truth. Because sometimes, sometimes the soul, I mean, in our humanity, you know, we, we can't always forgive people. I mean, we, we, we say it, we say, oh, um, Lord, I forgive so-and-so, you know, I, I repent. But in our humanity, um, sometimes it can be so deep that, and so much pain that we can't do it by ourselves. We have to have the help of the Holy Spirit 
And that's where the comp compassion of our, the church needs to come in. Because when you know somebody has really been wounded by someone, especially like a parent, that's when we really need to ask the Holy Spirit to, to heal before we expect them to forgive. Because, like I said, in their humanity, and especially if it's something that happened throughout their childhood, when they were unable to protect themselves, they really need the healing of the Holy Spirit before they can legitimately forgive that person. And so what I'll do is I'll just ask them, ask the Holy Spirit to, to you know, heal them supernaturally from that person's abuse, from their lack of, if it was a mom, nourishing them, uh, nurturing them, um, teaching them, loving them, directing their path. Maybe they weren't even there. Maybe they totally neglected them. And that is a deep wound that needs the Holy Spirit supernatural healing to happen before they can forgive. And that's, that's what I mean by repetition. You're forgiving your mom over and over and over and over and over again. That's because you, it's deep. And you need the, the help of the Holy Spirit. So, you know, the younger it happens in your lifetime, probably the more likely you need the Holy Spirit's supernatural healing. Um, true forgiveness is the key. It really is. I mean, I've seen people that come in with all kinds of health issues, and they tell me they have problems with their mom. And once you go out with the Holy Spirit's help, the healing of that soul for those wounds, they can move forward. They can move forward and forgive and not hold that bitterness. Because bitterness, you know what bitterness does to us. It's like a rotten pill or a rotten apple. It just keeps coming up. And, yeah, it keeps coming up. And it takes, place, it takes space where the Holy Spirit could be in your body, in your mind, in your soul. You know, and so we have to get, we have to, you know, pay attention. I hope you guys, if you have any of these things that have happened to you, you're, you're making note of it because God wants to heal it today. He wants to get rid of it. He wants to heal you so you can move forward and you can truly forgive in the supernatural way that you should be able, or in the, even in the flesh, like you should be able to, but you can't because the supernatural's got to work first. Okay? Amen. So, um, let's see. I think we're moving on to sign that you are healed. Okay. So, of course, if you're healed, you're... I'm a living testimony, okay? I can tell you the one thing that God did the most to me, with me, was he told me to soak in the Holy Spirit. This is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about spending time with God right now. It means soaking in the... You don't have to have somebody lay hands on you. Holy Spirit lives in you. We're going to activate the resurrection power today of the Holy Spirit in every one of you. Yes. And when you soak in the Holy Spirit, you're going to get that automatic healing that you need when you soak with him. And sometimes the Lord does have to show you what is being healed because in your mind, in our humanity, we, 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 it's like a block. It's like a roadblock. And it has to be moved. That's 
And if we see Lord appear in that abuse or in that situation, it just, the love of Christ, it just dissolves. It is gone. And it's hard to explain, but I have experienced it, so I know it's real. And it is, it changes you. You become a totally different person. People can't agitate you. People can't um, control you anymore. Because you have the authority to say, ah, I don't care. You don't bother me. That's your problem, not mine. You better deal with Jesus. You know, you're able to do that. You don't have those little things that people use to get you agitated anymore. They, they don't work. Those little things in you that, you know, I know how to get to her. I'll just say this. <laughs> and it doesn't work. And that's how you know you got healed because it doesn't bother you no more. It's such freedom, I'm telling you, church. It is so worth it. It is so worth it to spend time with the Holy Spirit, soak in the Holy Spirit, let him heal your soul. Let him heal you, and you are going to, you're going to fly. You're going to fly. You're going to soar. <laughs> yep. Yep. So I just want to mention one more thing. The Holy Spirit showed me just, and it wasn't this year, it was last year, but I went on a trip to Argentina. Well, it was supposed to be a trip to Argentina. <laughs> it's called, I call it lovingly, no, not really, it, was, it wasn't really lovingly, but the four, the, no, the, the four airport tour. Okay, so I was going to, I was going to, Ar I, I was doing my best to go to Argentina. And you know, when you're going on a mission trip, you know, you're going to be praying for people, you're going to be ministering, so you've got to spend some time with God before you go, correct? Okay, so I did that. I promise you. I spent time with the Lord, and you know how the devil is. He knows your past. He even knows where your soul wounds were, even if you got them healed. And he'll go in there and try to dig them up. He goes in there and tries to dig them up. And, you know, sometimes it takes a while. I mean, it does take a while soaking in the Holy Spirit, depending on what it is. I mean, if you've been abused for years and years and years, it's going to take some time with the Holy Spirit. But, you know, it's not going to take 30 years. You know why I know this? Because the Holy Spirit told me, when I asked him, I said, how come it took me 30 years? He said, I was waiting on you. I don't know why it took so long. I was waiting on you. <laughs> and I said, really? <laughs> I mean, it could have happened. But, no, truly. You know, it wasn't just that. It was that he was trying to teach me to do what I'm doing today. Yeah, that's right. It takes time to develop that kind of relationship with the Lord where, right. you know, you can teach what he has shown you. And a lot of times the Lord did things in me, and guess what? The book came many years later, and I'm like, why? Why did I have that book 10 years ago? You know, right? It's because he wants you to have a relationship. He wants to teach you relationship before you get the book. So you know how to teach it. <laughs> right? Right? Okay, so anyway, I, I was going on this trip to Argentina, and I prayed, and the devil was throwing stuff in my face, and I got mad. 
And I said, oh, Lord, forgive me. i got to be clean on this trip. <laughs> I can't have any stuff. Okay? I mean, so I'm laying out on the floor. Lord, forgive me. So I get on this trip. The first stop is Dallas, Texas. I stop, get off the plane, and I am sicker than a dog. I am so sick. I don't even want to tell Karen Townsend. I don't want any, I don't want any of them to know. I mean, I'm going to throw up. And, I mean, I had 30 intercessors as a group. I mean, because we had, we had teenagers with us. We had young kids. We had intercessors up the wazoo praying for us. Um, you know, and that might have been part of the reason for the four airport tour. I don't know. I, I can't tell you, but I can tell you what God told me my problem was. And, Everything else is not my problem. So, <laughs> but anyway, I'm really sick. And um, we end up, miss, you know, our flight doesn't happen out of Texas. So we end up going to New York. And we couldn't all, there was 18 of us, and we all couldn't get to New York. So we had to send, like, Troy and other people ahead of us so we could all get there. I mean, when you got 18 people getting a flight, that is hard. I mean, it was, it was treacherous. So I get, we get to New York, and I feel a little bit better, but I still don't feel good. I mean, I'm still not feeling myself. And um, we go to take off, and we're in the actual plane sitting on the runway to go, and we're all saying, well, Lord, if you don't want us on this trip, we don't want to sit here all day. And load and... The Lord said, I guess you got to get off because this plane ain't going. It's broken. It's not, not going to work. And we can't get another plane in until tomorrow. So here we are in New York. And we're like, Lord, if you don't want us to go, then I guess we're not taking off. And he, he didn't let us take off, so we had to find a flight home. So we went to another airport in New York, got on that plane, came back to Michigan, arrived in Detroit, and I'm still sick, okay? I'm like, I get home, and I'm finally, actually, by the time I get in Detroit, I'm actually feeling better, I actually am. Actually, I think I was a lot better in Detroit. So I'm thinking, I'm, I'm sick at all these other airports, but when I get home, I feel better. Okay, what's up with that? So I get home and I'm like, I gotta find out what's going on. I wanna know why I'm sick, Lord. He's <laughs> I'll show you. And it was really enlightening. And I want, I'm saying it, I'm telling you this story because I want you to remember this because so many people make this mistake. They repent when they sin. They repent. They say, Father God, forgive me. I'm so sorry. But do we ask God to heal our soul? Yeah, that's it. Do we ask Father God to heal our soul when we sin? Yeah. Scripture says when we sin or we have trauma, it wounds our soul. Consequences are, I may be sick. God said, you're sick because you got angry and you didn't let me heal you. You didn't spend time with me long enough for me to heal you. And I was like, oh, man. But it's true. We have to spend time with the Lord and let him heal our souls. Because we continue to have sin issues. We continue to have trauma. We're, we're human. We're, 
we're human. We're going to have those problems. And um, so that was really um, enlightening to me. So I think this is where I want to have you come up and do the activation.
processes, it comes into one of those five senses, okay? And then we say this every time, say interpretation, interpretation. is the key. We know Jesus is the master key, so we go to him for interpretation. We do not have to assume that we know what it is just because we're seeing it. So just because I'm having a vision of a key, it doesn't mean I know that that, what that key means in that moment. We always take time to ask the master, yeah. our Lord, our Savior, Lord, what does this mean in this moment, in this encounter you're having with me? What does this mean? And the second thing we ask, we don't assume what we know, that we know what it's for. We might have an assumption that because we know we have the soul wound and he showed us that, just like Donna was talking about earlier, that this is what that keeps for. Oh, it's going to unlock this pain and it's going to heal us. No, 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 don't assume. Holy Spirit, what is this and what do you want me to do with it? Okay? And when you ask those two questions, he's going to tell you what it is and it will always align with his word and he's going to show you what to do with it and it will always align with his word. Mm-hmm. Okay? And then the application. You know, once you do that, then you, that's why I know our church is a little different. <laughs> okay, you saw Laura go get the sword, but we got the prophetic word from Patty about the angels and the sword being released into the earth. you got to remember, Ezekiel laid on his right side for 300 days, laid on his left side for 300 days. He ate food off of dung, right? It was all a prophetic sign. Nobody wants to do that stuff sometimes. But the reality is, when we obey God in mm-hmm. faith, it yes. does, and those prophetic acts, it does activate something in the spirit. So mm-hmm. what God showed Patty that the angels were doing, Laura activated it when she prophetically agreed with it and did the action of saying, okay, we agree, the sword is coming down into the earth, right? The, the, the act in and of itself didn't do anything. It was the act on the word of faith that came from the Lord. It's the obedience to the word that was given, okay? So I'm going to turn this over, and Donna's going to walk us through. Um, Jeff, who's on the end? Matt, would you go up and turn on the YouTube music for me, love? There's something ready to play, just push play. And we're going to have um, done and just obey Holy Spirit. So I just want you to relax, okay? Find that place of relaxing. You don't have to try. You do not have to force to receive it. God wants to give you some things. He wants to give you good gifts. You don't have to strive to get anything. You don't have to be afraid that he's going to embarrass you. Okay? He loves you very, very much. You just relax and receive, okay? Sometimes I'm a doer, so this is me. I went to get prayed for in Toronto by John or not. He said, Stephanie, I just want you to relax. He goes, turn your hands on and take a deep breath. I was like, okay. He goes, you don't have to do anything. You just let God do it. I was on the floor. Having an open vision of all the angels sitting on these wine barrels. I'm drinking. I could not stop laughing for almost 30 minutes. Okay? And I don't play around with that stuff. I don't do stuff just to do stuff. But Daddy knew I needed to be. I had some soul wounds. And it was only the joy of the Lord and most of In that moment, it was going to heal it for me. Okay? So, as God is ministering to you, I just want you to get into receiving mode. Don't try and don't strive. Okay? You're about to be healed. Woo! Holy Spirit, come. Woo! Feel them already. Woo! Come, Holy Spirit. Like Stephanie said, just relax in the Holy Spirit. Hello, Holy Spirit, on this place. I want you to relax. One thing you can do is like put your hand on your 
spirit man right here and your right here, this area right here. Holy Spirit move. Lord, Holy Spirit move. I'm gonna have you repeat some things after me, but I'm gonna let the Holy Spirit start moving first, okay? So let's just focus on him. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Also, if you did have any issues with mom and you do have some areas that, in the Holy Spirit that you're having difficulties with, please come see Stephanie or myself later. Oh, Jesus, come. Jesus, come. Jesus, come. Come Holy Spirit, come. Come Holy Spirit, come. Come Holy Spirit, come. I activate the Holy Spirit, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ in you right now. I activate that in your soul right now. Holy Spirit, rise up in them, Lord. Rise up in your people, Lord. Bring healing. Bring healing to their souls, Lord. Body, will, and emotions, Lord. Cover them with your blood. Cover them with your blood. Your blood, your blood, your blood, Jesus. Dunamis power, release right now, Lord, in their souls. Holy Spirit lives in you. Resurrection power of Christ Jesus lives in you. Activate it now, Holy Spirit. Activate that healing power right now in their spirit. Activate right now, Lord. Activate. Activate. Oh. Okay, I want you to repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I ask for forgiveness for any sin that I have committed that wounded my soul. Wash me clean of all my sins by your blood. Sins of my ancestors and also my sins, any sins can committed against me. I put the blood of Jesus on those sins. And I also forgive people who have hurt me. Right now, I receive your forgiveness for sin that made a wound in my soul. Lord Jesus, if trauma has wounded my soul, I put your resurrection power to heal. Woo, Jesus, supernaturally on every wound inside of me. Woo, Jesus. Lord, begin to heal my soul and my mind and my emotions and in my will. I already been resurrected in you for a new life. So your resurrection power lives in me. Whew. I, I decree it flowing into my soul right now, causing me to be whole and healed in every place in my soul. And I know when my soul gets healed, I will prosper in health. 
even as my soul prospers. We give you praise, Jesus. We give you praise. Woo! Holy Spirit is working now. He's working. Let him work. Let him work. Let him work. Let him work. Feel him moving. More Holy Spirit, more. Oh, Jesus. Welcome to Shekinah International Podcast. Our ministry reflects the five-fold ministry model Apostle Paul mentions in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. Our podcast features leaders from multiple churches who are passionate about equipping Christians just like you to walk in purity and power, fulfilling your God-given purpose. God wants to do great exploits through you, so enjoy today's podcast. Thank you for listening today. Take a moment and ask Holy Spirit what He wants you to do with what you've learned. And remember, with God, all things are possible. So keep dreaming, keep praying, and simply obey. Because God is good, and He has good plans for you. You can subscribe to our blogs, learn about our speakers, and even hear from one of our team members how you can take part in transforming a city your city with Christ. There's no time like the present. Visit ShekinahOnline.com. If this doesn't excite you, watch for our new and God-inspired product line, a newly released book by Stephanie Butler, more testimonies from our listeners like you, working to bring unity in cities across the world. If you feel led to support our podcast, you may do so on our Shekinah.com website. Or if you would like to support us monthly, there is a link labeled Listener Support on every podcast. Until next time, we thank you, we love you, have a blessed day.